Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fam. I'm Reginald Zatatula. His name is Blake Elliott. Yes, Sirski. Appreciate you rocking with us here on a Wednesday evening, and thank you, Rodrigo. I didn't want to miss you here for keeping us sounding good. We're glad to have you back, Rigo. You've been you've been gone for a while. Uh, where where were you at? Let the people know where you were at, man. He was here yesterday. Oh, was he here? Okay, yeah, I wasn't here I, yesterday. I know, okay. But you know, what? I'll let you know. I guess since we, we we're, we're doing this, it's I, been I a was while. in Nevada. I was in Nevada. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, with my girlfriend, and uh, had a good time. And uh, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm glad, glad, to be back. glad we don't have to deal with that Ross or Chris guy. Anymore. All right, okay, all right. All enough. jokes love those guys. Thank enough you. of that. Um, <laughs> final hour of the program this evening. Thanks for rocking with us. You can always get involved by texting to the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. I appreciate all of you that are texting in. Appreciate uh, Luby's. <laughs> Um, Luby's report. That's right. That's right. Uh, a, a lot of ball knowers that listen to the program. We appreciate you. And from the four six nine, we also appreciate you. Uh, for hanging out with us. Glad that we were able to make your drive home. Shout out Daniel, man. A little comfortable. I love his positivity. Every show, positive as it gets, and that's what we need more of this in this world. I know y'all are mad Mike got fired. Or not, I, mean, I know right, y'all are mad Mike you, is back. We, we, we can get that all covered as we get you your headlines on this evening. And, yes, there's been, there's been a lot of – one thing that's very noticeable, there's been a change in demeanor with a lot of folks as we got the news earlier today, probably about 7.45 or 6.45, rather. Yep. yep. Um, Central Time, that um, Jerry Jones had made the decision to keep uh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy would remain the head coach of your Dallas Cowboys. Um, Let me see if I can get you the statement from um, Jerry Jones released on this. Now, Jane Slater did give us some insight, obviously good reporter for NFL media. She said that uh, for people that don't understand, obviously Mike McCarthy's contract, he has one year left. Um, and he hasn't lost the locker room. In fact, guys were very supportive of his return. We already saw so, Jakey. Yeah, though that was very powerful when it came to Jerry Jones weighing the decision. And you mentioned Jakey. That is your affectionate name for Jake Ferguson, the tight end, tight end one on this team. Mm-hmm. And he did what on Twitter? So if you didn't see Jake Ferguson, Cowboys tight end, you know, had a great season this year. He tweeted out a, a video of Mike McCarthy dancing in the locker room to many men. Um, having a great time with the chain around his neck when they got their win earlier in the season. So I guess he is very supportive of the keeping of Mike McCarthy. Is you know some I, I don't think it's a um, a crazy thing to think that some of the f- players will, will not be happy. Ferguson obviously had a great year, but um, I guess it's what you want to see if you're going to be a Cowboys fan that the players are happy he's back. I guess. Look, I mean. <sighs> It's better than them being upset, I guess, yeah. if this is going to ultimately be the decision. Because, again, as much as Cowboys fans are invested and care about their team, right, the ultimate decision maker is going to be Jerry Jones. He makes that abundantly clear all the damn time. And so with that being the case, once he makes that decision, you've got to hope that everybody along the way can get get um, get together and make the most of it. The problem is I think there's a lot of fans that do not believe that the most of it is ultimately going to be um, playoff success or a Super Bowl. However, that differs from Jerry Jones. This was his statement released earlier this evening in regards to Mike McCarthy. He said, quote, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals and the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. There is great benefit to continuing the team's progress under Mike's leadership as our coach. Specifically, 
There are many layers of success that have occurred this season as a result of Mike's approach to leading the team, both with individual players and with our team collectively. Mike has the highest regular season winning percentage of any head coach in Cowboys history, and we will dedicate ourselves in partnership with him to translating that into reaching our postseason goals. Certainly, Mike's career has been has demonstrated postseason success at a high level, and we have great confidence that can continue. Further, our loss on Sunday is shared by everyone here, not just McCarthy, Coach McCarthy. Our players, our coaches, our front office, myself, there's accountability for our results. I am accountability or I am accountable for our results. The lens we use to view and evaluate Coach McCarthy is holistic. While we're all disappointed with the result on Sunday and with our playoff record, I am 100% supportive of him as our head coach and ability to reach our goals. We will start our process of review and decision making regarding everything that impacts our team and our roster. And while we're not going to address specific players in extensions or free agents at this point, it deserves our deepest review and consideration and it will get it. That again is the statement put out by Jerry Jones, your owner, president and general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. That's a statement for you. You think he typed that up? Think he said it and someone typed for him? Think he just verbatim said that? I, I, well, I mean, I imagine that he, he dictated it, right? Had yeah. someone type it for him. But look, that ultimately, Jerry Jones makes it very clear. Mike McCarthy has the full support of this team coming back for the final year. Well, I guess it's full of support of, of the team as you can have, you know, running on the final year of your contract. We haven't seen anybody come out from the Cowboys and be mad. I'll say that. Nothing publicly has come out of players being mad about this. All, the only thing of players coming out, the the likes of the Wanye Thomases and Jake Ferguson's, they seem to be supporting them. Obviously, Dak. Big supporter of Mike saying that if he's on the hot seat, so should I. So at the end of the day, Jerry made this decision, whether we like it or not, whether the fans like it or not, whether we agree or not, not really much you could do. We don't we don't dictate who's left on the team and he's bringing back McCarthy and the players seem to be OK with it. So either you support the team or you don't. It is what it is. Yeah, um, it's look, it's not a comfortable circumstance. I know there's a lot of people that have been waiting for over for damn near three decades at this point you're nearing three decades to see this team be the successful team that you saw in the 90s um and look it feels i know that it feels like you're so far away jerry jones does not believe that to be so there's there's reasons to not believe that to be so right like to believe that they're not that far away but the ultimately i understand the frustration because you look around and you go all right you just had such a woeful uh, failure in trying to succeed and the reasons why you did not succeed continue to pop show rear their face over the last three seasons and I don't know necessarily what the change is um, in a positive manner that's going to help you get over those get over that hump you've got to hope that Mike McCarthy figures something out um, ultimately we'll see uh, elsewhere around the sports big time trade in the National Basketball Association does not directly impact your Dallas Mavericks but also, you know, it was a target that I know a lot of people would have been interested in seeing in Dallas. But ultimately, Pascal Siakam is traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Pacers did a couple of things. Obviously, they traded. Uh, well, I say obviously, like people know. Do people? Do you think people know Kyra Lewis Jr.? Like, no, not unless, not unless you're a ball. If you're a heavy NBA basketball watcher. watcher. Yeah. Well, uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. is traded from the Pelicans to the Pacers in order to help them facilitate a trade that would see them, uh, the Indiana Pacers, acquire Pascal Siakam in exchange for a package that includes Bruce Brown Jr. Um, and three, count them, three first-round picks, two of them in this upcoming um, draft. 
in 2024 in June, I believe, or yep. July, somewhere around there. And then one future one in 2024. One of the 2022s and one of the 2024s are owned by the Pacers. And the other one is either a, I think is like the lowest between a few teams. So it'll be interesting to see ultimately which one is conveyed. That's not, that's neither here nor there. What you do know, the two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA player, um, and one-time most improved player will be playing in Indiana for the rest of the season I know that he has made it very clear, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that he is not, you know, he's made sure to not guarantee that he will resign with anybody that ultimately makes the deal for him. But it does seem like, I think, through reporting, that the Pacers feel confident in their ability to potentially resign him. Yep, it looks like they're trying to build their little team of the future. We'll see if Pascal stays with them, if Tyrese Halliburton's able to throw him enough assists tonight and keep Pascal around in that uh, stretch five they got a Miles Turner. I think they can make some noise. I probably capped them at a second round team. I don't think I really see them beating the Sixers, Celtics, or um, Bucks late in the playoffs. So we'll see. They're interesting and fun now, though. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing about it is, like, yeah, if this is not indeed, if this is a rental, I don't know how successful you're going to be because, as you mentioned, I don't know that this puts them in that high, le- the highest levels, the top level of the East. But it does put them, I think, just outside of that, in that second level, um, so, so, uh, solidly rather. I think this helps their defense a good amount. I know that yep. Rick Carlisle, Ooh, obviously, that defense was bad. <laughs> you're familiar with Rick Carlisle here in Dallas. He is the head coach with the Pacers, and he's. I think he went as far as to say, even a pretty girl uh, gets old if she's not playing defense, which was like, hey, man, I think you're muddling this uh, this metaphor here. But, look, they didn't need defense, as he's going to help that quite a bit as a versatile kind of power forward player. Um, but, yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting. And one thing that is nice for the Mavericks Pascal Siakam, you knew he was going to get traded. He gets traded within the East. Yep. He does not come to the West. He does not make one of the many teams that are contending or trying to play well in the West even better. And so that is nice to see that, you know, you're not going to have to really deal with him, at least when it comes to the Western Conference bracket of the playoffs. We'll see if he starts trying now. It felt like, you know, when you know you're on your way out of a team, we see the uh, effort level not be at its highest point. And I think I've heard the sentiment from many of Raptor fans, Pascal Siakam has seen the light at the end of the tunnel and it wasn't with the Raptors. So it wasn't giving his greatest effort. So we'll see if that uh, his efficiency, his defensive numbers kind of uh, jump up on this new resurging Pacers team. Um, elsewhere, some other headlines on this evening. Apparently uh, with the Ravens, they're you know still in the playoffs and that's the number one seed in the AFC. They will be facing off against the uh, Houston Texans on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They could be possibly back are returning their most important pass catcher. That is Mark Andrews, the tight end. He fractured his legs two months ago, and he was practicing today. So, uh, yes, he fractured his fibula and sustained uh, ligament damage to his left ankle during a game on November 16th against the Bengals. And now, less than nine weeks later, he was a full participant, not even just on the side, in uh, Baltimore's practice today. So that keeps alive the possibility that maybe, just maybe, he'll play in the divisional Ooh. round game against the Texans. Him and Likely out there is crazy. And also some more Baltimore news. They did wave running back Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon no longer on the team. They go ahead and uh, take care of that and get him off. And then I think I also saw another report that um, Leonard Fournette was let go from the Buffalo Bills. So both of those veteran running backs no longer on those playoff teams. Yeah, and I, I didn't the um – didn't the Ravens ultimately sign Dalvin Cook? Yes, they so, did. So that was about a week ago. So definitely made uh, Melvin Gordon expendable mm-hmm. for them. Um, but yeah, so that that's going to make the job for the D'Amico Ryan's is 
uh, Houston Texans defense. A little bit more difficult should Mark uh, Mark Andrews, I almost called him Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews <laughs> uh, be available for the Baltimore Ravens. That uh, bye week was crazy. Yep, yep. And so, look, we'll see, we'll see that that should make a really interesting game. I'm really intrigued by that game, aren't you? Um, I, the fact that it's in that time slot is bad. I think it's in the like it's the, crazy. They're in the three o'clock and the the one after it is not good. Whatever it is after, I think it's the Buccaneers game. I'll have to pull it up because I can't remember. It's I, not I, a good of a game. I just, just the one the reason why I remember where that game is. I'm like, damn, the Texans are going to play on a Saturday afternoon every single time, aren't yep. they? It's going <laughs> like, to be the Super Bowl when they do <laughs> when they do make it into the playoffs. They're like pencil them in or actually use a pen. Saturday midday. That is where the Houston Texans will play, and that is no different today. Um, this is actually local news when it comes to t- TCU. Women's college basketball is canceling their next two games. Why, you ask? They don't have enough players. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, they, they oh. Just, yeah the, the TCU women's basketball team has sustained a lot of injuries of late. And so that means that they will cancel um, their next two games against Kansas State, on which was supposed to be played tonight, and then against Iowa State on Saturday. They've just had a rash of injuries uh, to various players like Rory Harmon, Ozzie Fudd, um, Aubrey Griffin, so, some several others. And so ultimately, they've had so many injuries they've had to cancel the games because they haven't had they haven't had enough. And TCU women's basketball is holding open tryouts tomorrow and Friday for full-time students interested in walking on okay. because they have so many injuries. Okay, so this is hypothetical, of course. Don't no. don't don't before you, you know start, where I'm gonna go. Yeah, but I, I wanna I wanna I wanna go ahead and get ahead some things real quick. <laughs> go don't, ahead. don't you dare get out here and Juana man me. Don't you dare. Okay. Um I don't I You don't have anything to say now? No, I, I do. Okay, I, go ahead. You got I, it. I was gonna ask if you were to try out and make the team, how many points would you score? That uh, in the women's basketball game? Yeah. I couldn't play because I'm not. I'm, okay, I'm but if they let that. you, if why, they let you, why Reggie, they, why would they let me play? How many points could you score right now today? That's all I'm asking. I He's am. also not a full time student. You have to remember that. That's a great point. He could. He. That's why I said hypothetical when I started off. The women's, they it's, know it's what they're doing. It's too far of a stretch. It's too far of a stretch. I can't make so can't zero. Make. I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. I could probably give him twenty five. You think you can get? Okay. I can shoot. I can let it rock. Now they got some nice handles and they'll be able to defend well. I mean, when when I was in high school, we would play against the girls' varsity when we were sure, freshmen. Sure, And they gave us fits sometimes, and then we 100%. got ours back. So 100%. I was just asking today, like, I have me, no, me and you don't play basketball every day. We well, play yeah. every once in a while. And right now, let me tell you, I'm particularly um, out of shape right now. They're in better shape than us, 100% right now. They're, like, you're telling me, like, right now I got to go today. Could you I, score? That's yeah, what I'm, No, I, I could get some points, but it would not look good. It would look real nasty. Give me Just give me a second. 20? I'm not certain about 20, bro. I legitimately haven't played in a few weeks, and the last time I did play, I was huffing and puffing. So like, eight, it's bad. Eight, maybe a couple fast break layups? Maybe. Okay. I was just wondering if, I, how confident I, you were. I'm I, Not very. Not very. I'm I'm not. They need it. players. So, I'm not if, if, if you're listening again, right now and you're a full-time again, student. I, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're a woman, um, a full-time student at TCU, mm-hmm. and you like basketball. At least try out. Go help, T, go help TCU. Maybe be able to play some games. How about that? Um... This one, I think you'll understand why I'm reading this because you might ask, why would I give you news on a signing that does not have to deal with your Texas Rangers in baseball? Well, you'll understand here in a second. Today, the Pirates signed a player. The Pittsburgh Pirates, that's right. Are they uh, Are they going to be contending for the World Series championship next year? Absolutely not. You never know. So. Eh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but I, I have a strong inclination that they will not be. However, this uh, this player... 
is an outfielder and has been signed to a minor league contract. All right, Reggie, why the hell are you telling me about a minor league contract? Because his name is Iverson Allen. Parents were almost had it just just by a slip. Well, I mean, if your name is Allen, you can't, you you, you know what I mean? Like, that's all we could do if we want to make it interesting. But yes, the Pirates have signed a minor leaguer named Iverson Allen. And why did I tell you that? Because it made me smile. That's it, why. And I, I hope I hope somewhere someone was like, "Hey, his name is the opposite of nice, Allen Iverson." Nice slider, nice cross, go across the plate, a little crossover. Yeah, a little bit some cross action. There you um, go. Okay, I knuckle like that. ball. Probably some pace. You know, some speed on the good, base. Good pass. change of direction mm-hmm. with his pitches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real good sinker can get low to the ground. Okay, I like that. Um, Switch hitter. Got to be athletic. Ambidextrous. Got to be athletic. I mean, he is an out, outfielder, right? Because yeah. we're not talking about pitching. So I imagine that, you know. He, I don't know why. I just thought he was a it's pitcher. all good. It's all you were, Pirates. You, you were trying to, you were like, what is what is the crossover? How do we bring the crossover to baseball? I just um, immediately made him a pitcher. That's right. Um, but, you know, probably hops. Hops at the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make sure to keep. Yes. So, yeah. If, if there was, if there was like a crossover name. Just any crossover name that you could that you could try and get, right? Like, are we, let's make this simple. What's what's your favorite name in base or in sports? Just because, Alan, I seeing it almost Allen Iverson and just made me smile. I like Daryl Strawberry. It's interesting that you brought up Daryl Strawberry because apparently don't um, tell me there's a story about him. There, it, there really is a story. This, I was just that this, was the first name that came to my head. This will be your like, final headline. <laughs> uh, my my face lit up. I was just going to get to bringing up that one of my favorite names in sports has always been Brickishaw Ferguson. Yep, great what one. an incredible name. But um, the Mets have actually set a date. The New York Mets have set a date to honor Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden. Wow. Um, so it'll be um, they'll retire Dwight Gooden's number sixteen. On April 14th of this year, and Daryl Strawberry will be re- retiring his number 18 on June 1st. That and better so, be on National Strawberry Day. What day is that, Rigo? Yes. How are you going to say that and you don't yeah. know what day it is? How dare you? How dare you to pop on your mic <laughs> to give us that without having considered all of the portions of your joke? Yeah. You jerk. Get, get your seeds right before you play February 27th. Is that during the baseball season, Rodrigo? Unfortunately not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet you feel <laughs> real milky nice, now, don't though. you? Bet you feel real milky now. Is there a you? national fruit day? Don't Good don't question. help him. <laughs> we spent enough we time break, doing though. it. All of this started just because I wanted to make a quick joke about Allen Iverson, and now you're out here talking about strawberries. Enough. Enough. Shout out Daryl. It's the get right right here. Yes, indeed. Shout out Daryl. Uh, that, that 30 for 30. Worth watching, by the way. <laughs> Got to do that. It's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula. That is Blake Elliott. Uh, coming up next, let's recap what was a kind of frustrating game out in L.A. between your Mavs and the Lakers. We'll do that next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. That is Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. Thanks to Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos. And thank you for rolling with us here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. The World Series champion Texas Rangers, mind you. 105.3 The Fan. Um, 
man, it was a, a tough night for you tonight, man. It's <laughs> it wasn't much positivity, man. Look, and what's crazy is one of those things was you know a move of consistency. I'm not trying to sell it to you. Don't don't think I'm like spinning it to you, but like you you have something like Jerry Jones announcing that um you know Mike McCarthy remains the head coach but because of just the, how embarrassing a loss it was with the Cowboys against the the Packers and you know feeling that you haven't gotten the most out of three different seasons back to back to back that looked like they should have been really good for you there's a lot of animosity there and I understand it and then you're like all right well let's let's focus on you know another DFW team that's playing your Dallas Mavericks we're in L.A., or I guess are in L.A. They have not left anywhere yet. They're taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Luka Doncic gets to play, gets back to playing again after missing a couple of games. So you've got your two stars in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. You've got your main three players because Derek Lively is playing as well. You lose by 17, 127-110, and honestly, it wasn't close for, I mean, since, to like, from the halftime, I think halftime yeah, third, on. third quarter was big for the Lakers. They outscored them 42-27. to 27. Fourth quarter was the exact same. First quarter was pretty close, like five five points here or there. Second quarter, they kind of evened it out. It was, the third quarter was the difference maker, 42-27. to 27. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's got to stop giving those kind of quotes. But anyways, like, yeah, was there anything that you were able to surmise? Because, look, we, we did a lot of focusing on Mike McCarthy, so we didn't get to watch this game nearly as closely as we, t- as we typically could. But what, what, what were your takeaways from this game? Because I feel like not every game has to be like a lesson or whatever, but yeah. against a Lakers team that had not been playing well, and particularly with the ways that you'd been shooting pretty well the Mavs had leading into this game. Oh, my gosh. I was really shocked by how poorly they shot. Oh, here you go. Poorly shot, 27% from three, 42 for the Lakers, yes. I, I, I When I was watching the game, I was like, man, they're getting a lot of fast break points. And I just clicked on the stats. Do you want to guess the fast break point disparity? Oh, okay. This is a fun game. Um, Will you tell me how many the Mavs have? Mavs are under 10. Oh, that's never good. Did the Lakers have like 25? More than that. 30? More than that. 35? Less than that. 33? 32 fast break 32. points. To seven for the maps. That'll there you go. That's wow. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man, you let them get out in transition. They can run, and then what you do is now that they can they can score easy buckets. That is so. Some of that is also the ways in which you're missing shots. If you're missing uh, particularly threes, long rebounds get the team going the other way, and that makes sense as to why the Lakers got up 91 shots to the. Actually, they had they ended up with the same amount of shots. Oh. Exact same. After I imagine that happened as this thing kind of winded down, yeah, yeah, wind wound down in a way, but yeah, that's wow, wow, and the rebound battle was relatively similar, two two different, like it's really those fast break points and you not being able to hit shots, and you're a team that needs to hit shots to stay in games. I mean, Tim Hardaway five of seventeen for twelve points. Derek Jones Jr. did his thing, didn't miss in the field with eight. Lively gave you sixteen. If you if Lively gives you sixteen every night, you're solid, but. The difference is Kyrie Irving, and they played. They rebounded pretty well as well, like against a Lakers team that has a mm-hmm. pretty plays lots more sizable mm-hmm. than this Mavericks team typically does. You rebounded the ball pretty well. I mean, Kyrie Irving's been on a heater the last week or two. Forty here, forty there, leading the team without Luca. Luca comes back in the lineup, maybe a little bit of adjustment pyramid, uh, period. Period. Mm-hmm. One for five from three, four for sixteen from the field. 
uh, two turnovers, 12 points. He got injured early in the game with a little bit of a collision with LeBron, came back to the bench and looked fine, but just didn't really get anything going. So you, you got your usual 30-point triple-double from Luka, which puts him, I believe, top three all-time in the NBA. Yes, he is number three, tied with LeBron for 37 30-point triple-doubles, only trailing Oscar Robinson at one with 106 and Russell Westbrook with 48. But it just wasn't enough. You know, the Lakers were able to get just a couple more points. You get 28 from AD, 29 from D'Angelo Russell, which is a little bit of an anomaly. Well, and especially he had not been playing. Like, that's the thing that's really tough is that you had D'Angelo Russell, who hasn't been playing very well for that team. He has a very good night. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, when yep. he's on the floor, you should be able to take advantage of, you know, his lack of scoring ability. And, I mean, this is a Lakers team that doesn't score well. Mm-mm. And they put up 127 points. Like, it seems like even when you get the Mavericks playing pretty interesting defensively, I think um, maybe about a week ago if you had gone over there 20 games from then, they were like a top 10 yeah. defensively. They're just such an rating. inconsistent team, offense, defense. I mean, you can really you can really count on like Luka, but just like offense as a whole. I mean, even in that Pelicans game the other day, they held the Pelicans to 17 points in the first quarter. And then the second and third quarter, they scored 40 in each of those, 40 plus in each of those. So they're just a team when they want to play defense, they can play pretty good defense. Not like great, not world beaters, but pretty good defense. And then when they decide to kind of mentally clock out, their shots aren't hitting, they're one of the worst uh, defensive teams. And you let the Lakers team that had two wins in the last two weeks score 127 on you. You talk about mentally clocking out, and I, I think you know the name that I'm going to bring Uh-oh. back up is. BB. This isn't, this isn't going well with Grant Williams. Yep. Um, you made mention of something, and I'll allow you to bring up this observation. When he was playing, when he, I mean, he ended up with 26 minutes, but this was juiced by him showing up late in the game, right? Yeah, like, I, I think when it comes to us saying a player is not doing well, a lot of people love to attack, you know, the person saying, and you're just hating, and there's more to it. Take my opinion out of it. Watch the game and look when Jason Kidd is playing Grant Williams. I, and me and Reggie have said it multiple times. The minutes you get and where you get them is very telling on how a team trusts you. If you're the guy that's playing the first, the end of the second quarter to kind of close out a quarter or, or the last 30 seconds of the first quarter, or obviously when you're getting blown out by 20, kind of shows you what the coach thinks of you. And at the end of the game, when all the starters are pulled and you have the Jaden Hardys, the A.J. Lawsons, the Brandon Williams that they just brought up from the G League that they signed, Seth Curry, Grant Williams is in that lineup. And the tough thing about it is, like, you don't have a lot of bigs, so you kind of need to throw a big out there. But Maxi Kleba's here, and, like, Derek Lively, Maxi Kleba, you are the third in that room of bigs. Well, actually, Dwight Powell as well, fourth in that I don't instance. even think – I don't – I might be wrong. I don't even think Dwight Powell was in that little last grouping. Well, Dwight Powell only played seven minutes as well. So, like, how <laughs> – depending on how – and maybe this was just, hey, get him, get him out there, see if – just give – throw more minutes at him, especially in low-stakes minutes, and see if you can get him going. But I think – all things considered, even if we're not trying, like you're not trying to call him like a scrub or anything, but mm. I think more than anything, it's just concerning considering where you started with expectations wise. Supposed to be the third guy, and the expectations are so very low now. He's not even getting the starting lineup when there's injuries. Josh Green out of tonight's game with an illness. We just saw him have have one of his best games the game before, and quotes are coming out before the game about uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Jason Kidd said, "You can come off the bench, or you can start." It is up to you. Either way, in quotes, you have a fluorescent green light, which we've seen all year, the fluorescent green light to pull whatever. So at least I'm glad he said it publicly that he's allowed to shoot. And he obviously started tonight and didn't have the greatest performance, but it's like Grant's not even in consideration to start anymore. Yeah, and 
it's tough because you had a night where a couple of the dudes that you anticipate playing kind of at that four, maybe even five, Derek Jones Jr., Maxi Kleba, both with really bad plus minuses. Again, not the end-all be-all. just means that when you're on the floor, you know, how did your team do? Was it more positive, more negative? And it seemed like the Lakers scored a lot with those guys. I think that points to the size differential that you had in this game. And so just all the way bad in those aspects. But, you know, ultimately it's one of 82 your Mavericks are 24 and 18, and they're it's supposed to be a little bit of a road trip. They're supposed to go up and face off against the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors had a very unfortunate um, circumstance with some of their person with one of their personnel, uh, assistant coach, um, and oh my goodness, I forget his name at the moment. Give me one moment to um, pull his name up so I I get it right. But they had an assistant coach, unfortunately, pass away um, due to a heart attack. His name is Dejan Milojevic. Uh, Serbian assistant coach has been with them for a few years, three years, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and definitely a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Serbian players around the league know him, uh, were appreciative of him. He passed away at 46 after suffering a heart attack at team dinner. So they're dealing with that. They had to, they postponed, I don't want to say cancel, but they postponed their game. They were supposed to play tonight. And I think the, the Mavericks are also kind of in limbo, right? Yeah. It says, uh, per all the reporters, Jason Kidd's comments says it's unclear whether the Mavericks will still play Golden State on Friday. If the game gets postponed, which is what we're waiting on, it's kids understanding that the Mavericks would return to Dallas tomorrow instead of going to San Francisco. So they're kind of in the limbo on waiting for what the league, what the Warriors are going to do with the game and whether they're going to go back to um, come back to Texas. So ultimately we'll have to see what happens there with your Mavericks when they get to get back on the court and hopefully get back to winning ways. But unfortunately not tonight at the Crypt uh so 127 to 110 loss falling to the Lakers allows the Lakers to get back to 500. They desperately needed to win as they were in kind of in a bad way. Um, yeah, so get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, just time, only time left for the final call. And we'll do that next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. I'm Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Yes, Sersky. One final time on this Wednesday evening. Shout out to Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos making it sound good. Uh, right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers, 105-3, the fan. That's the final car, final call. When do you think we'll be able to say world, world champion Dallas Cowboys too? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. 3,005. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Childish Gambino, I hear you. Um, but again, it's the final call right here on the Get Right on 105 through the fan. And look, I don't mean to poke and prod because this is the tough part. Like, Cowboys Nation is in various uh, different places. There's folks that are like, that, that you know, want to talk more about, all right, what does the team need to do now? Where do they need to go? There's folks that are like, I don't want to talk about this team at all anymore. I'm tired of hearing about this team. I'm sick of this team. There's people all in, everywhere in between oh, yeah. on that spectrum. 
Um, but I do want to, you know, make sure just in case someone's hopping in their car at 1045, you know, headed home from somewhere or headed somewhere out somewhere that, you know, the news of the night is that Mike McCarthy will be retained as the head coach of your Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones put out a whole statement this evening and obviously in, you know, giving more information, more reporting. I know that, uh, Jane Slater, NFL media, NFL network, rather, she talked about the fact that this was you know, pretty well appreciated or like this was the desired result for the locker room. It seemed like there was a lot of guys in that locker room that made their desire to have Mike McCarthy remain known to Jerry Jones. And that went, that was a part of the decision-making process. But this is something I actually haven't heard. Rodrigo, Jordan Schultz, um, I believe of Bleacher Report, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an NFL insider there. Apparently, he had some reporting on how Mike McCarthy kept his job. Mike McCarthy met with Jerry Jones today, and they really went over his game plan of attack for the foreseeable future. And I was told Mike McCarthy really got the floor to explain it, why he believes they're on the doorstep of greatness. You can debate that all you want, but that's really the selling point to Jerry Jones. And I'm not sure, ultimately, despite what some folks around the league believe, that the last game of the season, in this case, a 48-32 home loss that really wasn't that close to Green Bay, ultimately matter. I think what also really matters is the player support. I've asked around a few guys in that locker room, and this is a locker room that's not divided. Okay. This is a locker room that believes in Mike McCarthy uh, for the most part, and it really feels as if he's the guy to take them to the promised land. Okay. So yeah, if, as long as the guys believe in him um, and that last game doesn't matter, who cares? Right? Yep. Regular season. Oh, that hurt jumped out and you didn't it. I'm I'm just I and I'm I'm I get it. It may not be the popular decision. I don't maybe it is a popular opinion, but this pretty much just shows you that that last game didn't matter. It could have been more embarrassing. It doesn't matter. The players like him. The players like him and they like having him around. And we win 12 games, and that's all Mike. I don't know what his selling point was. Because we, we just heard from Schultz that he, he gave him the game well, plan. Uh, and the, the apparently, plan. he's like, look, he's on the, on, the, on the doorstep of greatness. And so there's something within Mike McCarthy that believes they're so damn close, he can taste it. Just one more year and they can get it done, I guess. That's, that's ultimately what I'm, what I'm taking from that reporting. I'm not sure exactly how much I believe that. I'm interested to see what he's, what he's willing to do to try and make his portions of this, of this better. Because I know I, I appreciate Ben Solak, his work for the Ringer. Did a fantastic breakdown, about 20 minutes, of this particular game. And again, I guess you look at it and you say maybe the one game, as Jordan Schultz mentioned, did not matter as much. I know for Cowboys Nation, everybody out here that watches this team, very much mattered a whole bunch because, look, the playoffs are the definition of success, um, particularly for this team. In that game, Ben Solak pointed out just how soundly, just how soundly, the schematics, the, the coaching of this, right? Like the play calling of this was completely won by Matt LaFleur on offense for the Packers and by Joe Barry on defense for the Packers. They outcoached the hell, hey. uh, the hell out of They made him look dumb. And this is my thing from the 214. Someone says, and, and, and how they worded it is what I have a problem with, Reggie. He deserves to finish out his contract. Deserves. So where are we? Are we in uh, Pee Wee? Are we in uh, college, high school? I, I feel like we're in the NFL. There is no really. I I think that he deserves to do it, or he he's earned it, or we want to make him feel good. At some point, you got to put feelings aside. And what's producing 
If all you need is 12 wins, then Mike's your guy. Let's go. I get it. It's hard. And I'm not saying the guy they bring in next is going to be better than Mike or take you to the Super Bowl next year. But sometimes you just need change. We did it with Nelly Cruz. Still had a great career in front of him. Had to let him go. Just wasn't working in Dallas or in Texas, Arlington. Sometimes you just got to make the tough choice and let someone go, even though they've showed you continued success so you can get over the hump in a different way. So... Just my my two cents. On well, I, I think that brings it back to like I one of the things that I firmly believe when it comes to coaching and deciding when it's time to let go of a coach. There's a lot of people that try and that have the discussion of, or like the framework for them is why should you fire the coach? And I think more than anything, the the question should actually be why should you bring back the coach? Yep. And as of right now, that answer is just, I mean, they have been a good team, which is fair. They have been a good team, particularly over the last three seasons. But with the parameters set up, like it seems very evident that the issues that continue to pop up are are similar ones, if not the same ones. Um, and I really do have questions on if they would be fixed, but. He's got one more year to see about fixing those things, Mike McCarthy. And so we'll see ultimately how that goes. Uh, Again, we're still on the final call here on 105 through the fan. And I don't know, does this, is this, is this lightning the way that this goes? Rodrigo, which one of these should we go to? Should we go to the the professional football clip or should we go to the college basketball clip? Let's stick with professional football and then we'll, we'll close it all out. Okay, cool. I, I found this to be an interesting audio clip of a way in which coaching can be very impactful. D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans obviously did a very good job against the the Browns on this past weekend to win in the wildcard round. D'Amico Ryan gave Christian Harris, his linebacker, a little bit of insight into what he should do against Joe Flacco. This is how that thing sounded. You just hang right there and just play the quarterback. Play the quarterback as soon as he snapped, step in front of it, go pick. Yes, sir. Tell you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Fourth and two from the Browns 33. It's picked off. Here we go to the left 25, 2015, 10 5. Touchdown, Christian Harris. Second pick six of the game. Zone defense. So here's Harris. His eyes are on the quarterback. And at the last minute, he breaks underneath in front of the intended target, Harrison Bryant. Had to run you over. I know. I'm sorry, baby. It's, uh, you know, he's exciting out here. I don't want to hurt. I got you. There you go. That's uh, the sounds of D'Amico Ryan. Like, D'Amico Ryan's just looks so good at this, doesn't he? I love him. Talk about a leader. All right. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. I could tell. I could tell. You just. You, you, I just want someone that'll make me want to run through a brick wall. You've been lashing out at everybody today. Because I hold this team to a higher standard. Sure. Certainly. There's a lot of people under the sound of But I do voices. love D'Amico. I love his coaching style. He seems to be one with the players. But see, this is a fine line of being one with the players, but also holding them accountable and being able to be like, hey, you're not doing this right, and you'll get benched or replaced or yelled, whatever, disciplined. So I I love that clip showing D'Amico showing that uh, human side of him being real with his players. I love it. Love D'Amico. There you go. Um, Yeah. One more. Let me, let's get into this, this other audio because you brought this to my attention, Rodrigo. Rodney Terry, he's the head coach at University of Texas uh, for the men's basketball team. And I don't know if, if, if you're not familiar with the University of Texas in general. Their general get down is that they have this thing called horns up, right, where they put the index and the pinky finger up. I feel like most people know this, right? But, right, like they do that. 
Now, with that being the case, they get real upset if you happen to flip that in a different way and point those horns down. It really gets under their skin. And apparently Rodney Terry has picked up that same um, feeling because UCF, a team that is, a, you know, a Big 12 mainstay, right? The University of Central Florida, right? In that Big 12, uh, you know, geographical footprint of Florida. Um, they came to town. And did they get a win against UT? Yeah, I believe UCF did get the, the victory. I don't know the, the score. I can check here in a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll both check. But ultimately... Rodney Terry didn't take kindly to the way the UCF handled themselves. Yeah, if you if you could make it out, uh, that's Rodney Terry uh, apparently trying to chastise some players on the other team, UCF, for doing the horns down, saying "Don't do that, bleep." Don't do that. We seen we seen Saban do the same thing. Don't do that. Yeah, that was during the the yeah. So uh, UCF beat UT seventy seven seventy one, and uh, it was during the you know handshake there the handshake between players and coaches at the end of the is game. That, is that the most like common way to disrespect your opponent? Is the horn down? Is there another one that I'm missing that people do? I feel like that's like the number one thing people go to when you beat UT is the horn down. Is there another thing but, that people do so frequently to a school? No, and this is the thing. It wouldn't people wouldn't do that if they didn't make it so obvious that it matters to them. You know what I mean? Like and look, I I don't know that is there a school that like a hand signal is so very much synonymous with what they are that you can do that in the kind of negative way? I don't know. But one thing that's very evident incredibly evident when it comes to texas it gets under their skin hey it's working man we're free that's the thing is like so for the other schools pop up and they're like they do the horns down and then the, the texas fans or the texas organization because it's really is like the people in the school too they lose their damn minds and you get them folks exactly what they want yep and they're like oh, okay so this works and everybody does it because they find it funny because they can get a rise out of Texas. And Texas keeps doing the same damn thing every single From day. From the eighth row, so much that the refs made it a penalty if a player does horns down on the field. I don't – is that true, Reggie? It's a penalty if you do horns down? Um, I did th- – I do think that uh, – Like taunting? Texas had lobbied like the Big 12 and to the, like not have – Another eighth row note, people even do it when they aren't even playing though. Yes, that is right. That is right. Rent-free, baby. Yeah, so. And they think that it's bad right now. It'll get tougher when they go to the SEC. Oh, yeah, them folks in the SEC do not care. But this is the thing. I do wonder if it gets better or if it gets worse. Or, like, if it gets, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Because the Big 12, like, there is a level of caring about Texas, right? Like, I know that, especially at Kansas State, when I was at Kansas State, when they beat Texas, uh, well, I mean, they've done it a few times. But when they did the the we own Texas chance would ring out yep. a whole bunch. I know that they got under it. So like we it, run the South. It matter, that one. Right. It, it very much matter. I do wonder if the SEC is like, hey, man, y'all don't run nothing around here. Like mm. y'all are not the big dogs to where we care enough to like try and make y'all matter. But again, we I don't think, see. So like I wonder if it, it goes backwards that way. However, I do think it still shows up because, again, what I was talking about earlier. It just gets under Texas, you know, Texas alums, Texas fans, Texas students, all that. It gets under their skin so very much. People mock the best. Someone said. Sure. A three zero. I mean, that's very much one way that you can go about it. Um, and if that makes you feel better, 
more power to you. We'll see how people sleep with this McCarthy news. Let us know how you're going to sleep, if it's going to be an easy sleep or a hard sleep. I, I, I implore you to sleep just the same as you always do. <laughs> um, regardless, it's the Get Right right here on 105 through the fan. We'll catch you tomorrow, 7 to 11. But until then, I've been Reggie. That's Blake, Rodrigo. We'll see you next time. Y'all be easy. Peace. Shout out my mama.